Yo, welcome in, welcome in for a very exciting episode of SODFS here on a Friday night. We are back at it. I am Dan. You can find me on Twitter at DanBrownNFL. Here with me tonight is my co-host, my usual running partner, Nathan. You can find him on Twitter at Nate underscore FFL. Make sure you are following Dynasty or Sons of Dynasty there at Dynasty Sons on Twitter. That's where you'll find all of SODFS content. Nate, welcome in, my man. What's going on with you? How was your week? Uh, it was good. Um, I'm very appreciative to you and Jake for holding it down last week. It was an excellent show. So props to both of you gentlemen, but it's very good to be back. Uh, week 11 has already started off very, very exciting with the Packers Titans game from last night and the the weather concerns that we have all over the league so it's just an exciting week i'm happy to be here man and uh, ready to talk some football yeah absolutely man uh last week we did pretty well uh you know had jake on for the second time as you mentioned and uh, we grew, yeah man he, he's constantly putting out great content over there at fantasypoints.com uh and speaking of that sons of dynasty and sodfs are officially a part of the fantasy points media group make sure you guys check out all of the great content at fantasypoints.com you can get access to fantasy points premium using our promo code suns22 for 10 percent off your subscription today highly encourage you guys all to head on over to fantasypoints.com to check out the content there's tons of free content there you don't want to pony up for a subscription that's fine we get it but there's absolutely just tons of free content that you can ingest over there as well yeah fantasy points is fantastic i do use their optimizer and uh, other tools and it has led to plenty of success this year so uh, definitely head over to fantasy points use the promo code um, it's a great way to support the show for free if you already want to use um, some some geared content to help yourself win some money uh, let's talk about last night's game a little bit, you know, between the Titans and the Packers. It was a pretty fun game, uh, you know, nothing crazy unexpected. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry did Derrick Henry-esque things, and, uh, you know, the rookie Watson came down with another big performance. Uh, Traylon Burks also going off for 21.10 fantasy points is a fantastic thing. Um, I do have him in a lot of season-long fantasy leagues, so that did pay off for me. I did not play a whole lot of DFS last night, but it was an exciting game. Um, but, you know, perhaps the bigger story, unfortunately, coming out of that game was the Packers, uh, excuse me, the Titans offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, getting arrested for a DUI and speeding last night. Um, boy, tell him. Yeah, by Williamson County Sheriff confirmed. This happened roughly, I believe, around 4.30 a.m. So basically forcing Roger Goodell to release a statement saying, uh, you can't drink in the locker room. Please don't drink on team planes. You're putting the NFL in a fucking terrible position. We'd rather you don't do that. Sure. We know what happens. The NFL is a multi-million dollar league. These guys are going to celebrate big wins. Obviously rules are going to be broken, but way to throw your fucking team under the bus because it's a shitty look. It's terrible for the Titans. Uh, like basically all the momentum they built kind of goes, goes down the toilet. So, um, not super good, but um, happy for Traylon Burks. That's somebody we were both high on coming into the season. Christian Watson, obviously, with a great game. Derrick Henry in his uh, winter Derrick Henry form, so that's good to see. What I like to see is these players doing well. That is, that's great news. Yeah, absolutely. Love those uh, Thursday night games that are actually somewhat decent, and that one was. It was uh, awesome. but we're But we're going to talk about the uh, main slate today. Uh, coming in this week, we got a couple of teams on by this week, including the Jaguars, Dolphins, Seahawks, and Bucks, Nate. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's some, you know, it's funny when you mention guys like teams like the Jaguars, Dolphins, and, uh, you know, maybe even the Seahawks, teams that coming into the year we really wouldn't think would be too DFS or even fantasy football relevant, but um, especially the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Tua, and Waddle, and all them guys have proven to be great. Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks, um, Jaguars, we've even, even seen Trevor Lawrence kind of take a step up, and Christian Kirk has done well on and off throughout the years. So there's a lot of relevant guys that are not available for this week. So it, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how we build our lineups and what we do to um, kind of take advantage of that main slate on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. We have some relevant injuries uh, on the week. Nate, you want to go over a couple of those? Yeah, so we're going to start off with Josh Allen and his uh, elbow. Um, he wasn't expected to play last week. 
did play. Uh, he's going to play this week as uh, it's being reported that he will play this week. Viking star wide receiver Justin Jefferson, who's been limited um, during practice this week with a toe injury, um, is reportedly in good spirits and moving well during portions of practice uh, that are open to team reporters and is feeling like he's going to play per Tom Pacellario of NFL Network. Ravens coach John Harbaugh tells reporters that quarterback Lamar Jackson missed today's practice due to illness, not due to injury, will start Sunday against the Panthers. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford, who was forced out of the game last week with a concussion, um, is off the injury report, will play Sunday, which is um, good news. You know, Cooper Cup is on IR, but those Rams wide receivers, Allen Jefferson, uh, Van Jefferson is back. So um, looking good for those guys. Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams, Keenan Allen practiced fully, and Williams told um, – Bridget Condon of Twitter that I should be out there. That doesn't necessarily sell me that he will be, but um, it would be good for the Chargers to get some weapons back for sure. The one that excites me almost the most, something I didn't think I would say probably if, even a month ago, tight end Cole Komet with a thigh injury is off the report and good to go. He's been great lately, man. Somebody that I was really high on last year and kind of really soured on as the season started and we didn't see progress, but it's like finally this Bears offense is gelling, obviously. Cole Komet being a part of that is such fantastic news. So we're happy to see that he will play uh, this week, hopefully. Uh, the Chiefs have placed wide receiver McCall Hardman on injured reserve because of an abdomen injury and an illness. He's expected to return after four games. Also, Juju Smith-Schuster Smith is out for uh, Sunday night's game in L.A. Um, so while it is a Sunday night game, I did want to ask you, Dan, Kadarius Tony or Sky Moore before we head into the next portion of our show? You're asking me, but I know you know the answer. I'm Kadarius Tony all the way. You know, I, I invested a lot of my best ball teams in Kadarius Tony, and things didn't pan out over the first half of the season. But fear not, upside is on the horizon. You know, he gets moved to probably one of the, the best places that we could have hoped for. And not only that, guys are dropping like flies out there. Potentially, Kadarius Tony talk, stepping into a, a very meaningful role as early as this week. So I, I like him. I know coach Craig sport our our buddy here over at sons of dynasty is in on sky more this week. So, uh, you know, we'll do a little, uh, a bet on that one and maybe see how it pans out. But, uh, I'm excited about, uh, you know, Kadarius Tony this week, our buddy, Nathan here in the chat wants to know what all the hype about Pacheco is in this chiefs backfield and oh, if he's worth a flex this week you know that's oh, typically i i do like pacheco and and i i ended up with a bunch of dynasty shares just because i was getting them in fourth True fifth story. round or or even off of waivers and love that he's stepping in and you know clyde edwards lair obviously taking a back seat this past week i don't know if it was a benching or or what but it's a sticky situation as of right now now we come back out and pacheco receives that same workload again this week maybe i'll start pushing some more chips towards the middle but at this point i think i just want to invest in pat mahomes and, and not really try to get into this run game yeah i was gonna say you you were saying you know you're not sure what happened it's just the chiefs we don't know what's gonna happen from week to week and because of that i can't push all my chips on you know pacheco but i think there's potential there i think that the week that you start him andy reed will limit his carries and the week you put him on your bench he'll do well so it's really hard to tell man uh, if you have something you're more sure of, definitely go that route. Um, you know, hit us up on Twitter or hit me up on Facebook, Nate, if, you know, closer to Sunday and we can talk about it more. But that is it's just so tough due to the Chiefs running back situation in general over the last few years. All right, this weekend we've been hearing tons and tons of rumors and stuff about the weather heading into this weekend. Obviously, the Buffalo game uh, with the Browns there has been moved to Nate's home field there in Detroit. So they will be playing there. So, again, weather's not a concern there. So wheels up for the Bills and Browns that, that we were wanting to be excited about because of the snow, snowmageddon, snowstorm, snow thunder, I believe is what the report read, which I actually had to Google it because I, I was unfamiliar with snow thunder. Uh, that That's not a concern, though. So we actually have – five indoor games on this main slate and in the games that will be outdoor like the jets at the patriots 
38 degrees, 12 mile per hour wind. Nothing really that concerning. Maybe a little bit of uh, wind for the Lions Giants game, Panthers Ravens. Those those are showing to be the potentially the most problematic as far as uh, weather conditions go. But I'll be targeting these indoor games. You got Bears at Falcons, which we know is going to be super popular. Uh, you know, and we'll be in on as well. That's there in the dome. Browns, Browns and Bills, as we mentioned, moved to Detroit there at Ford Field. The Eagles at the Colts is another indoor one that I think is worth targeting. Maybe some Eagles players with Dallas Goddard out of the equation. That does, uh, you know, A.J. Brown potentially is still a little banged up. Devontae Smith with a tough matchup, but it is more of a condensed offense at this point. Maybe a good week just to roll Jalen Hurts out naked. Rams at the Saints is also an indoor game. Uh, So one that I'm not that interested in, just pace won't be that good. The Rams suck. The Saints are turnover worthy. Cowboys and Vikings is the last indoor game. Another one that I think is going to be a super popular game and really excited about getting some game stacks around uh, that game right there. Yeah, there's a lot of weather concerns this week. In particular, mentioning this Bills-Browns game, um, I was just looking all over Twitter, all over Google, everywhere I could. Uh, when I watched um, you know, Al Zeidfeld's podcast at noon, he was the last one that said that the Bills had not left Buffalo yet, and he said they missed the window to leave. So... I don't know if there's question that this game may not happen. You know, Buffalo may be stuck there because just looking at the weather reports right now, they're over four feet of snow. So there's a chance. I don't know if they're trying to leave by bus and get there Sunday or what the plan is, but um, I'm sure the NFL, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. They want this game to go forward. Uh, Surely they make sure it tries to happen, but I don't know if there's a chance this Bills um, Browns game, you know, may not take place at this point due to weather. So it's hard to say, but we're definitely getting into the nitty gritty of the season where weather plays a it's a it's a huge impact on NFL uh, DFS and fantasy football in general. All right, Nate. Well, uh, you ready to get to it? We can get into some of this positional pricing. And as per usual, we are going to start with the quarterback position. Yeah, you're basically going to start with what I think is the lock of the week. So go for it, bud. Well, it's, it, it felt like a lock of the week last week. And, and uh, you know, as it goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm talking about Justin Fields, quarterback for the Bears, coming in at 7,600 on this slate against my Atlanta Falcons. Now that price keeps jumping, but, you know, it's, it's warranted. Quite frankly, he's still a value this week. And I'm going to go back to him again because over the last four weeks, Fields has finished as the QB5 with 24.4, QB5 with 26 points, QB1 with 42.7, and QB1 with 40.4, averaging an eye-popping 36.4 fantasy points per game over this span. Since week six, he has had more rushing yards than any other player in the NFL with 565. Insert one of the most quarterback-friendly matchups in 2022 with my Atlanta Falcons, and we absolutely have to go back to Justin Fields this week. It's a homecoming for my guy, Justin Fields, coming back to the the, the home state here in Georgia, uh, a Kennesaw native in Justin Fields. And not only that, but the Falcons are giving up the fifth most passing fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks and also the fifth most schedule-adjusted rushing fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Add in the fact that the Falcons are yielding the most passing yards per game with 280.1 and the second-highest complete completion percentage, the second most passing yards per attempt. Justin Fields is once again coming in as a true smash play on this week's main slate. Yeah, if if you didn't need any more proof that the 2022 NFL season is broken, you need to look no further than the Chicago Bears and Atlanta Falcons being the highest scoring projected game in week 11. Uh, I'm happy for all these guys. It's It should be a very fun game for both Marcus Mariota and uh, Justin Fields. But a fun fact is Run the Sims uh, says Justin's fe- Justin Fields is a 69.5% favorite to hit for more than 160 passing yards. Uh, and that is ha- just happens to be a very good bet on prize picks. I don't play a lot of prize picks. I do check it every week. That is something that I am putting money on this week. 
there is i think there's no way he doesn't smash that so if you want some free money if you want some free money which we all like go to prize picks throw in uh, you know whatever you can afford and yeah, smash that bet and double your money. Yeah, so I got five I'm, on it. <laughs> bro, I'm I'm telling you, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, very good um DFS sports books and sites like that that put out some very interesting picks every week. So if you want to throw some money around, throw your money on uh Justin Fields at over 160 passing yards against the Falcons. Yeah, I, I love that call. I'm I'm all in on Justin Fields once again this week. Uh, he did he did me right last week. He did me right the week before, and uh, I'm just gonna keep riding that train. Yeah, so I'm gonna jump into a guy that's probably almost he's got to be. I would say is equally hyped. He's had probably well not a great year, but I'm talking about Russell Wilson. What? Don't don't leave. Wait, don't don't change the channel. Come back. No. No, I'm talking about Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos, 5,800. Listen, I know I know Russell Wilson has been fucking terrible to start the year. I'm not going to lie. He's been shit. However, subpar numbers have resulted in a nice salary drop across the board for the veteran signal caller, and week 11 could be the time to take advantage, especially of the big value and the, you know, that's it's, it's, it's unusual. Russell Wilson, he's still, he's still a Pro Bowl quarterback. Do we know what's going on in Denver? No. Is he eating a lot of mushrooms? It's possible. But Wilson is arguably probably altogether the sharpest, you know, all around performance of the season came against the Raiders in week four of this season, throwing for 237 yards in a season high, two touchdown passes without an interception. That's a very big point for, for some reason. We have to make a point that he's not throwing interception in that game while adding another score on the ground. So, you know, the Raiders defense is shit. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, it's one of the weakest in the NFL at applying pressure to opposing quarterbacks, posting an NFL low, 10 sacks, and tying for the second lowest adjusted sack rate. So I, I know it's hard to get excited about Russell Wilson. Um, I've been making fun of him all season long. Uh, if my buddy Steve and Matt were here, they would definitely attest to that because I've been riding Matt all year about him drafting Russell Wilson in our season-long league. But, you know, he's operating without probably Jerry Judy with an ankle injury, Kevin Hamler with a hamstring. He'll be facing a Raiders defense allowing 252.4 passing yards per game on the road, along with 10.3 yards per reception. If there's a week to play Russell Wilson at $5,800, he's not going to get any cheaper. He's not going to get any worse. He's not going to get any lower owned. If you want to throw him in a GPP, this is the week to do it. And I stand by this. You know what? The Twitter account that followed me today say, uh, about calling out NFL analysts, it, you know, it could blow me up on this, but I'm going with it. Russell Wilson, this is his week to shine. 5,800 versus Las Vegas Raiders. This may be the nastiest play on the whole slate right here, Nate. It's going to be one that, that I'm going to be hard-pressed to, to click into my lineup, but we're talking GPP. Yeah, I could get on board with it. You know, Jerry Judy and some of uh, Hamler, potentially some of the options missing. You know, give me a, a Dulich and Sutton stack here, maybe a run back there with Josh Jacobs because I don't like Devontae Adams or Derek Carr this week, so – uh, you know, you're talking GPP build. I, I, I actually do like that. Call oh, yeah. I don't believe that the ownership is going to be up very high. You don't play this in cash. You play this in GPP because you want to be great. You don't want to be average. Uh, another, guy be I'm, another guy I'm interested in, Nate, this week would be Joe Burrow there for the Bengals. He's coming in at 6,800 this week. And I mean, all in all, that's a pretty decent price for Joe Burrow. I mean, we're talking about smashing Justin Fields at 7,600. Uh, you know, Joey B, I think, can have a nice little bounce back game. Not, not many people are going to want to play him after, you know, the, the Bengals went out and, and smashed this past game, but it came on the back of Joe Mixon and his five touchdowns. And, and so Joey B's box score is not looking very good right now, but got a great matchup here against the Steelers. Pittsburgh ranks fourth worst in passing fantasy points per game allowed with 17.6. Fifth worst in passing fantasy points allowed per pass attempt with .490 and overall worst in pressure rate over expectation this season. So Joey B is set up for a nice little bounce back spot here against these Pittsburgh Steelers and I like Joe. Yeah. 
the the quarterback position is getting really kind of tough right now. Uh, in particular, I think all the positions are getting tough. But finding a good quarterback where you're going to find you know somebody to lock onto, I do I do still think that Justin Fields is the lock of the week at the quarterback position. But when you look beyond that, um, Russell Wilson's definitely a very um, highly highly contested GPP play for sure. Um, the guy I'm going to talk about next, I would argue, is probably the same. Joe Burrow might be your next cash lock against the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I don't hate that call at all. Um, the reason I've changed my Lions hat is because the guy I'm going to talk about is Daniel Jones. I've been picking on my own Lions team the whole fucking season, but I have plenty of good reason. I think this game will be pretty interesting overall. The Lions have allowed big scores to quarterbacks all year. Justin Fields, 42. Um, obviously, Smith, 35. Carson Wentz, 31. Tua Tagovailoa, 32. And Jones comes in with a pretty high ceiling for a guy that is this cheap at 5,700 on DraftKings. He's run for more than 50 yards on three different occasions and has 32 fantasy points uh, per game. So, you know, Fields just beat him up last week. Uh, he set a season high in yards and touchdowns against Detroit with a 13-67-2 line. Pretty solid day even, um, you know, before his pass attempts. And while Jones isn't quite the same runner as Fields, uh, not even in the same league as Fields, he's still above average. Uh, so with his, you know, just under eight attempts per game and 43 yards per game and three touchdowns and nine contests, Daniel Jones can have success against this very fucking terrible Detroit Lions defense that I have to call my home team. So while I do think Daniel Jones is a fantastic, fantastic play this week, I do think he'll be highly owned. I think he'll be highly targeted by a lot of DFS players. Um, I had to show my love for the Lions. I still love you guys. Don't hate me after this. Yeah, I'm just uh, pulling up some ownership projections over at fantasypoints.com right now. Checking out, let's see, it looks like Justin Fields is the highest projected uh, quarterback yeah, as far as, as ownership goes. He's coming in at around 15% right now, which isn't too bad. Uh, I'll, I'll take Justin Fields at 15%. It Where's looks Daniel like Jones the, at? Uh, it might take me a minute to get down to him. Marcus Mariota is coming in at eight percent. Josh Allen coming in at eight percent. Russell Wilson actually coming in at seven percent. A, a guy that I'm interested in this week that we haven't talked about coming in at seven percent as well is Dak Prescott. I like Dak yeah. this week because I'm I'm in on CD Lamb and, and CD like, Lamb and Michael. Gale. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Dak Prescott, seven percent. I'll have a decent amount of him. There's Daniel Jones. He's also in that seven percent range as well. So a lot of guys that we like right there in that seven percent projected ownership range. Yeah. So for everybody that didn't know behind the scenes, we uh, I did actually have Dak Prescott originally on the sheet, and as well as Ceedee Lamb. Uh, these are two guys that um, are definitely highly talented, and I do love their potential for you know. Week 11 last week, CeeDee Lamb just went off for 11 receptions um, on 15 targets, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, before that, though, the season's been dry. So um, I try not to chase too much on points. I do think there's a lot of potential there, though. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not dogging CeeDee Lamb's talent or Dak Prescott's, but I just – um, after thinking about it more and more, I felt like I needed to see just a little bit more to really buy in when I felt like I could take some other gambles in these GPPs to try to win some money. So a lot of love to Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup. All right, Nate, let's move on into the running back portion of tonight's show. And uh, talking about locks, I mean, they got one up at the top as far as the pricing goes. Talk about Saquon Barkley, Nate. Yeah, it was hard. It was really hard for me to put Saquon on the sheet because I started a lot of my builds with upper priced wide receiver guys. So I was having trouble fitting in, you know, these high tier running backs. I was going with guys like Cordell Patterson, Kenyon Drake and things like that. But the farther we got into the week, the more research I did and the more I did lineup builds, I found myself kind of going back to Saquon. I do think um, even at 8,900 is the highest priced running back on the slate against my Detroit Lions. I do think he will um, be probably pretty highly owned. You could probably fill us in on that by the end of the, you know, the time I've been talking, but he's the most expensive running back on the slate by quite a bit. And for good reason, he dominates snaps for the New York giants and his involvement, in all facets of this offensive game plan. He's coming off a 35 carry game, gets another plush matchup this week 
again against the Detroit Lions, who are 27th in rush defense DVOA. Barkley has scored double-digit DraftKings fantasy points in every game this season with five over 20 and a high of 36.4. He's exceeded points projections 70% of the time. And then you just threw that in there, 14% projected ownership. So at 8,900, I'm not sure how much I dig that. Um, it's a high price tag to pay because you're going to pay down at wide receiver across all it's three tough. of your wide receiver spots. It's very, very tough. Um, but I felt like we really couldn't go through the show without mentioning Saquon Barkley and the potential there because he is such a cash lock at that position. So I, 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 you know, I went back and forth on it. I did debate on it, but I felt like I really had to bring up Saquon Barkley um, and just show him some love uh, in week 11. Yeah, no, I, I love Barkley this week, and, you know, if you can figure out a way to fit him in, I think that, that he's a, a absolute great play. Uh, this is a, a tough slate. This is one of the tougher slates that we've had in the last couple of weeks. Pricing is super tight, wow. and a, as far as the running backs go, you know, you got Barkley up there uh, at the top and, and, and pricing, but you, you throw Barkley <clears throat> excuse me, and, and Justin Fields into a lineup, and all of a sudden – the, the wide receivers that you're forced to plug in are are not you know super sexy by any means and there are some a lot of wide receivers I love in that 7k range this week that I'm trying to get to and it's tough to get a a Justin Fields and a Saquon Barkley in there and still get the guys that I think at the wide receiver position have slate breaking upside this week. I will mention this too. This is what happens at the midway point of every NFL season. You get down to crunch time. You get down to where everybody's priced fairly. You're not talking about week one or two where, uh, you know, you've got guys that are mispriced. So this is like, this is the nitty gritty. This is where you dig deep and this is where you really have to do your research, do your time, um, you know, follow the analysts you like and just do, do the work, put in the legwork because it's a tough time of the year. It's a time of the year where a lot of people drop out. It's a time of the year where you can take advantage of that. I'll mention another running back here that <clears throat> is going to be semi-popular this week. We may see his ownership come down a little bit with the game being moved there to Detroit. That's Devin Singletary there for the Bills. He's coming in at 5,800 this week. And over his last seven games, he's hovering around a 70% snap share, which ranks third at the position. Josh Allen, we know, is still not 100% healthy, and the run game gets a pretty cake matchup on paper this week as Cleveland ranks second worst in total fantasy points per game allowed to the running back position, while also ranking fourth worst in yards per carry with 5.23 yards per tote. I like Devin Singletary this week. He's a little bit more popular than I'd like, but again, I think a lot of people were planning on this being a snow game, one in which Josh Allen would would have to kind of throttle back and, and let, let Singletary grind it down. Uh, as of right now, it looks like, uh, where did I see, Stefan Diggs coming in at 12%. I think that's going to go up a little bit. He's a decent value this week as well. And Josh Allen coming in at 8% right now. I think this game being moved into an indoor dome, we are going to see those numbers increase as far as the passing game goes. And I think that will ultimately bring Devin Singletary's ownership down a little bit. You know, Maybe around the 12% is, is what I'd guess. Yeah, Singletary was definitely a guy that I had um, on my sheet early in the week um, because last week he did have those 13 attempts for 47 yards and those those two touchdowns I think were what made his game. But if, um, if I'm being honest, if I look back farther than that, week nine, 8.8 points, uh, week eight, 9.3, week six, 14.7, uh, you're just seeing like a lot of duds. And I do think, like you said, people were counting on that snow game and him getting handed the ball quite a bit. So for me, Devin Singletary at 5,800, I think um, if I'm just being honest, I think there's better options personally that I would go to. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't hate it. Uh, and the Bills being indoors is going to completely change the atmosphere, man. Um, it's going to be something that nobody can really predict. We don't know what the game plan will be. I do kind of feel like it's a I feel like it's a Gabe Davis week I've, I've got in my gut that Gabe Davis is going to have a blow up week I know he dropped I mean caught not dropped he caught that touchdown pass last week definitely dropped it but you know whatever it's it is what it is so uh I think that um I think this Bills Cleveland game is going to be something interesting um a guy I want to talk about a guy that I feel like is a lock and a guy that I feel like everybody knows is a lock it's not a secret really anymore We've been on this guy all year long. Ramondre Stevenson, we were on this guy um, last year, <laughs> and it just didn't pan out to come out quite as quickly. But 
Ramondre Stevenson is the focal point of this New England Patriots offense. You will get a little bit of Damian Harris in there, but for the most part, it is Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, Stevenson saw a matchup against the Jets just a couple of weeks ago. He performed well in all phases of the game. He ran for 71 yards on 16 carries and added a whopping seven receptions for 72 yards. If, and I mean if, because it might not happen, but if he has another big receiving game, he should be another top 10 fantasy running back in week 11. Um, Ramondre Stevenson is my feel-good story of 2022. I know that probably is something similar for our guy, uh, Rusty. Uh, at the over at SOD. Um, I love Ramondre Stevenson and he's still not priced too high. He's only 6,700. He's not over 7,000, but his ownership is, it has crested 20%. So um, I won't ramble anymore, but I, you know, I, I still love Stevenson in both GPP and cash. Yeah, no, I think he's a great play this week. Uh, He's been amazing. I think he's going to end up being this next year. Uh, redraft season dynasty. I think he is going to be a top six, top seven running back. Uh, you know, whether or not Damian Harris is still there, if he's gone, I mean, hit the hype on Stevenson is going to be ridiculous. There's still time to go buy him right now in dynasty. Uh, I think, uh, I think he's worth it, man. His, his price is going to continue to rise. Yeah. I, um, to be honest with you, I'm in probably a dozen dynasty leagues and I have him in probably eight. So, be hard for me to go any further. I know BZ, our boy BZ at SOD, tried to trade for Ramondre in week two, and I said, oh, I'm going to stick with him. I love him. Thank God I did. All right, I'm going to talk about a guy coming in around 6% ownership on this slate. That might go up a little bit as we get closer to Sunday, and that's Brian Robinson, the commander's running back. He's coming in at 5,300, and as I mentioned, 6% projected ownership. And this play is simple. Robinson is coming off of a week in which we saw him tote the rock 26 times. That's pretty good volume for a guy that gets a gravy matchup this week. The Houston Texans defense, one that we've been targeting for the run game, all season long he's giving up 24.3 rushing fantasy points per game that is the most in the nfl and 5.45 yards per carry the second most the commanders are three and a half point favorites here on the road in this matchup i think that's a great game environment for brian robinson who's getting the volume yes we know that there is some risk involved with brian robinson and, and this commander's team you know being connected to this commander's offense but the price tag at 5300 and this ownership at six percent i mean i'll have some brian robinson this week uh i don't think you're alone either i've seen a lot of love on twitter for brian robinson uh there's a lot of feel-good stories floating around um i do not hate it at all i do think there's a lot of potential there i think that this this commander's offense is still kind of working itself into a rhythm excuse me however i do believe that a lot of the fuel that goes to this commander's offense right now is taylor heineke um you know and uh, Terry McLaurin, I do think that is the the so to speak the fuel of this offense. So um, I don't hate it. There's a lot of people that love it, so definitely won't dog it. Um, all right, Nate, uh, you want to talk about Canva before we move into our wide receiver portion? Yeah. So obviously, um, Canva they they've only been partnered with us for coming up on a month now, but they've been a part of the show since our inception well over a year ago canva has supplied um all of these great graphics that you see on screen that are produced by our uh, our brother in arms brother matt who makes all these great layovers he spends a lot of time every week doing it um you know there's there's not too much to say these look so great because brother matt has really mastered the art of canva and you know the, the dif- different settings you can use the different color alterations and everything he's taken several courses on this so if you were to also use, you know, our link and partner with Canva, Brother Matt will give you a free consultation, a little bit of a free heads up, a little bit of a, uh, a briefing on what you're getting into, how to stand out in the industry, because with the way it is right now, uh, you know, we're not going to lie. Fantasy football, there's there's tons of people everywhere. But if you want to stand out, too, you can use Canva. You can use a little bit of advice from Brother Matt. You can help separate yourself um, from the rest of the crowd by using Canva and Brother Matt's advice to go a little bit further in the industry 
um, and stand out amongst um, a very, very big crowd of talented people. So if you want any more information, the link will be in our description. You can also DM us on Twitter. You know, you can hit us up on Discord, anywhere that we might be. Feel free to reach out, talk to us about a consultation, um, and we can hit you up with the link. And Canva will also hook you up. So um, it's a it's a it's a very very good deal for Brother Matt's advice because he's the probably the most talented producer in the industry. Yeah, man, Canva's been great since since we uh, started using Canva. Our whole team has, has you know at, at some point or another made use of it. it. It's been absolutely wonderful. One of the best uh, editing platforms that there is. I mean, you can create just about anything share it with one another it, it it's fantastic i can't say enough good things about kim yeah even you know even twitter twitter we use it on twitter pics we use it on overlays we use it on um goofy pics that we share in the you know dms it's super easy that's what's cool about it is like you don't have to be a rocket scientist but if you want to get next level brother matt will hook you up yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about some wide receivers, Nate. I know you're in on uh, Russell Wilson this week, and we already mentioned Cortland Sutton. He's coming in at 6,000 this week, and, and we like him. Yeah, so you and I have been together for – we're coming up on two years now, and I, I have never mentioned one time um, Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton on SODFS, but today is a first. Given the theory that I like Russell Wilson – I'm hoping that Cortland Sutton also puts together a decent day. Uh, I think he makes a useful pass catcher to pair with Wilson, especially with um, Judy's likely absence. Sutton put together an efficient week five with 52 yards, one touchdown effort against the Raiders on seven targets in week four. And he also saw a co-season 11 targets against the Titans in week 10 after um, his position made essentially miss the entire game. So if there's going to be like it, I kind of go back to the same thing with Russell Wilson. If there's going to be a week that we see something decent, I think it's going to be here. I, I wouldn't expect, you know, some kind of 36 or 37 point performance. Don't expect that. But if you can hit 25, Horton Sutton can hit the end zone on seven, eight targets and, you know, seven catches, you know, your money at $6,000. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, if I'm definitely going to bring Russell Wilson into my lineup, I absolutely like, bringing Sutton along and mentioned uh Dulich. He burnt me this past week, but I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to go back to him this week. I, I believe in the talent. He's got a good matchup again this week. So uh I'm not afraid to go back to him in those builds. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't be afraid because that's what everybody else does is they share they shy away. So you know st- you know st- stick your poker in the flames and stir up that fire and Let's try to win some money. Nathan knows here in the chat. He knows Greg D's up for a bounce back this week, and we are buying. I mentioned Joe Burrow, so I'm going to go ahead and mention this condensed receiving core in T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. T. Higgins coming in at 7,100 this week. He's pretty popular coming in at around 15% projected ownership. But Tyler Boyd coming in at 6,500. He's coming in at 4% projected ownership, and I like that right there. That lets me know I'm going to have a little bit more Tyler Boyd exposure than I am Higgins. They both have great matchups. Let's start with Higgins. He ranks 15th best out of 110 qualified receivers in fantasy points per route run, 13th best in air in air yards per per uh, carry or per target, excuse me, and with the 13th highest touchdown rate across from cover one during his career. Well, the Steelers utilize cover one at the fourth highest rate in the league, a whopping 33%. So T. Higgins is is in a great spot here against a, a Steelers secondary that, as far as the cornerbacks go, just can't seem to get right. And, and that also extends to our guy Tyler Boyd coming in at 4% projected ownership because the Steelers have been crushed by opposing slot wide receivers this season. They're giving up the fourth most receiving yards per game to slot wide receivers on the season. Tyler Boyd has a great matchup. I like both these guys, and, and again – Getting back to Joe Joe Burrow stacks here, uh, Joe Burrow and 
Uh, just maybe Tyler Boyd might be a better large field GPP stack. Maybe throw a Hayden Hurst there at the tight end position. Again, T Higgins is coming in at around 15% projected ownership. Yes, you can include him in your bro stack, but if you're going large field, I think Tyler Boyd might be the better play. Yeah. You know, man, I'm a, I'm a humongous T Higgins fan. Um, I really, really love the kid and he's super talented. Uh, I think it's just, you know, obviously Jamar Chase is still hurt, but we really just haven't seen it this year. And I don't know exactly what it is that's um, kind of exploiting this Bengals defense, but uh, T Higgins only has three touchdowns on the year. He did have seven receptions on eight targets last week, as you mentioned, but um, I'd like to see a little bit more. I do think he has the potential any week for a breakout. He's obviously a supremely talented young man, uh, and I hope that he does well, but um, I just – at 7100 I do think I lead Boyd at 6500 if I wanted to if I wanted to roll my dice I do think I'll take you know that little bit of that $600 discount and roll my dice that way but man it's just it's so tough with these Bengals right now they're not they're not the same team as they were last year even though the, the offense hasn't really changed much let's uh let's talk Terry McLaurin Nate yeah you know but Terry McLaurin, I mentioned him um, back in week nine. I was not on the show last week, but I did mention him in week nine. I mentioned Taylor Heineke. I mentioned the potential. And before the show, before we really even got into things, I did mention this Washington Commanders offense right now with Carson Wentz and with Taylor Heineke, um, you don't see a huge difference. But what you do see a big difference in is the production of Terry McLaurin because Taylor Heineke will throw the ball up to Terry McLaurin at least two to three times per game. He will just give him a shot at making a play. And as a fan of Terry McLaurin, Dan, I know you love Terry McLaurin. Uh, we love Terry. To see, yeah, we love to see this. Since Taylor Heineke took over at quarterback, McLaurin has received eight, eight, nine, and 11 targets. That is completely opposite of what he was seeing before that. He's exceeded 100 yards receiving twice and scored a touchdown. He's not, you know, he's not being a star star studded athlete, but he's making noise. It's Terry McLaurin. It's the guy we want to see. Uh, he's obviously much better off with Terry Heineke, a quarterback. Heineke will throw up a dime and just hope McLaurin catches it. And at least, you know, 50% of the time he will. So I'm um, until Terry McLaurin gets priced up above $6,000. I'm going to play him even at 19% projected ownership. Yeah, man, Terry McLaurin fucking owns those Eagles, dude. Every every time he plays the Eagles, he shows out. So lo- that's a love tough to see matchup, him ball. Though. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Eagles. It's gonna be a great game. Their D hasn't been quite as stout as we no, saw at the beginning lately. of the year. They they've been a little bit exposed here these last couple of weeks, but uh, still love the Eagles and and what they have going on this year. Let's talk about another super popular wide receiver this week and one that I like a lot. That is C.D. Lamb there for the Dallas Cowboys. He exploded this past week with 41 DK fantasy points on 11 receptions for 150 yards and two touchdowns. He is being force-fed with targets. As of right now, the second-highest target share with 32%, the 11th most yards per game with 78.4, 11th most air yards per game with 102.4, and the 10th most air yardage share at 41%. This matchup is an implied for the second highest combined total on the main slate, sitting at 48.5 as of right now. And Minnesota has seeded the seventh highest completion percentage, the fourth most passing yards per game. I will have plenty of Dak Prescott. And CD Lamb stacks this week. Give me CD Lamb at 7,500. He's coming in at 21% projected ownership. So obviously, we're not, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to be chasing that 41 point fucking burger that he put up this past week. And I think it's warranted, to be honest with you. I mean, Minnesota just gives it up to the slot position. CD Lamb is in an absolute smash spot coming off of an absolute smash game i mean it's fucking smash burgers let's do it (laughs) i'm not gonna talk shit about it i mean i had him on the show sheet first before i backtracked and started going with cheaper options because of the 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 more expensive running backs that i liked obviously i love cd lamb i think this is a great spot 
Dak Prescott has been inconsistent for the better part of a year and a half. That does worry me. But against this Minnesota Vikings defense, there's nothing that I would love more than for Devin's team to crumble to my Detroit Lions making that playoff push. So uh, there's no way that I hate this. Uh, it's a great play, man. CeeDee Lamb at 7,500 is still underpriced. I think he's due for another big week, especially against Minnesota. Yeah, no, I'm 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 gonna have a ton of exposure this week. Yeah, so I'm gonna jump into um, our last wide receiver with a little bit of a bonus plug. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go into Jacoby Myers, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. He's priced at 5,500 on DraftKings with a projected ownership of 11. percent uh, I'm almost surprised that his projected ownership is this high. I thought it would be single digits if I was being completely honest with you. The New, New England Patriots offense has generally. Um, been run through Ramondre Stevenson, as we know, um, and Damian Harris. When passing, Jacoby Myers, though, is the guy. His 19.5% target share ranks higher than both Mike Evans, T. Higgins, and then you can throw in also Chris Godwin. He's been the favorite target of any New England quarterback so far this year. Myers and the Patriots have uh, obviously a tough divisional matchup this week against the New York Jets. And the last time these teams met in week eight, Myers caught nine of 13 targets for 60 yards and a tutty. So I think we see similar volume this week. I think we see similar production. And I think that um, Myers gets another touchdown this week. It is obviously kind of a gamble play at 5,500, but I think that you can play this um, with confidence in GPPs. I don't think there's a huge risk here. Even if Myers, say Myers doesn't score a touchdown, he records eight catches, you know, for, you know, 50 to 70 yards, he'll still hit value. So you're not going to take too big of a loss. I think that it's a a high floor, um, high ceiling, also um, kind of a gamble play. But I do also want to mention a guy that we mentioned earlier in the show before you know we move on to our tight ends. That is Gabe Davis. This is a guy I had on the sheet at the beginning of the week, and I kind of you know got scared about. But I do think there is humongous humongous fucking upside here. This might be my play of the week at $6,300. I think, you know, last week he had um, six receptions, 10 yards, and nine, uh, six receptions, I'm sorry, 10 targets on 93 yards, averaging 15.5 yards per reception, a longest of 22 and a touchdown. I do think Gabe Davis is due for a breakout week, and I do think it does happen in the Dome at Detroit. If the Buffalo Bills are allowed to make it there this week, Gabe Davis could be your sleeper play of the week. And uh, there's no way I could leave the show without mentioning him um, one more time. Yeah, no, I love that projected ownership. Again, I think these are going to sway once the news gets out that, you know, the game has been moved. It's not going to be a snow game. I do think this Buffalo passing game is going to inflate a little bit. Singletary's going to come down a I little think, bit. But as of right now, Davis sub 5%. I mean, yeah, he's, we know he's got that slate-breaking upside. Uh, tied to Josh Allen. So I, I absolutely love that call. I want to take a minute to mention Elite Picks. It is the newest daily fantasy lineup optimizer. Take as much control as you'd like by locking in and customizing players and letting the DFS lineup optimizer fill in the rest. Elite Picks optimizer uses top projections and provides cutting-edge multi-lineup features to direct you into the lineup guidance that you need to build a winning DraftKings and or FanDuel lineup each and every week. Never, never tried an optimizer before. That's no problem. You can try this one absolutely free. Check the link in the description. Click on the link. Sign up for a free week of optimizer access today. Yeah, uh, I won't lie. Dan is the one that turned me on to... Um you know, elite picks and their content is very, very solid. So I will be using it moving forward and I will be relaying to you guys uh, in a general way, how well it affects my DFS lineup. So shout out to Dan on hooking up um, sons of DFS with that hookup. Um, before we move into tight ends, I, you know, or as we move into tight ends, I should say, I do want to mention my guy, TJ Hawkinson. He obviously got traded to the Minnesota Vikings um, no longer than two weeks ago, but since he's been in Minnesota, things have looked up. His ceiling has kind of dropped. He's not necessarily this big play guy anymore where you're expecting these 40-yard catches, but his floor has improved, which is, is generally good, especially in a week where tight ends are looking shallow. I do believe Mark Andrews, as of this afternoon, was a game-time game time decision. I think that is a AKA for Mark Andrews does not play. 
as of right now, um, Hawkinson has 19 targets, 16 receptions, and 115 yards. Obviously, no touchdowns over the last two weeks, but Cousins likes to throw him the ball. And I, uh, he did play Dallas earlier this year where they held him to four receptions for 48 yards. But I do think Hawkinson's due for a touchdown. Um, you know, there's not any really great tight end plays this week. Obviously, there's some cheaper plays, which SODFS uh, kind of tends to lean to. But I don't hate Hawkinson at 5,300. I want to throw his name out here. I do think he scores, and I do think it comes this week against Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I don't mind that call. Uh, again, you know, just the wide receivers I like, the quarterbacks I like, and the running backs that we know you have to pay up for. As per usual, I'm looking to get as cheap as I can at the tight end position. And 5,300 is a little steep for my builds, but uh, I, I do love attacking that game. Yeah, so – with mentioning Hawkinson, I will say my favorite play of the slate is going to be Cole Komet. I'm going to jump right into the next guy. Right now, I think it's very, very difficult for you to get off of Fields and Komet, especially paired together in a stack. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, it's shocking that the Bears and the Falcons have the highest projected total on the slate, um, but they're playing in a dome, and both defenses are pretty much complete shit. So Cole Komet has scored a touchdown in three straight games with two of it each in the last two contests. He hasn't been peppered with targets. He's received seven, six, and two, but he's received five red zone looks um, in that span. So Atlanta has allowed the third most reception yards, two tight ends this season. You're building a recipe for Cole Komet to just have another good game. I, you know, I hate to say that exact termage or verbiage together because it usually means you're you're building up for a downfall. But Cole Komet's building for another solid week. If forty one hundred dollars and a six percent projected ownership, I really. I think you lock – I already told Dan he had the best quarterback play. You lock in Justin Fields. I think you lock in Cole Komet, too, at 6%. Yeah, there's really no better thing. And Cole Komet's price is actually you know getting up there a little bit at this point. At 4,100, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. Still not getting bad. Up there. It's, no, it's still not bad, and I think he's in a great spot this week. But you know, just attaching – uh, a cheap tight end to the quarterback uh, that you're choosing, you know, it's, that's risky. It, it's yeah. just a great, it's a great way though to save some salary and still attach upside to the quarterback in which in which you've decided to play. Uh, so I, I'm never going to argue taking a a tight end along with with whatever quarterback you select. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally see, but um, at the same time, I do see the risk there too because it's like. They're either going to have, you know, a five and a half, six, seven point game, or they're going to have, you know, hopefully a 15 plus point game. So there's risk yeah. and reward, but at 4,100, you know, the lower the salary, the less risk. Yeah. And it's a great matchup against my Falcons. We give it up anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> I understand, bro. You're not alone. Uh, tight end pump play of the week for me this week. I've got one here. That's Jordan Aikens there for the Houston Texans versus Washington. He's coming in at 2,600 this week. He had uh, three receptions for 70 yards or something this past week. Obviously a, a sketchy play. Uh, another one is uh, Cager there for the Giants. I think he's 2,500 is another guy that I'm interested in. Again, I'm, I'm fishing all the way out here at the bottom. Need these guys to have a catch and fall into the end zone or two or three catches for 50 yards, and obviously they're, they're more than – bringing me back there's just guys there at the wide receiver position and other positions that that i want to be able to pay up for and so dst tight in i'm i'm all the way down at the bottom this week yeah but i'm starting jordan akins in one of our sod leagues um kind of forcefully you know and honestly and obviously not to uh, my detriment but a couple defenses i want to mention um one is you know they're actually in the same game i want to mention both the new england patriots and the new york jets I think the Patriots defense is one of the best in the league. And I think that Zach Wilson has taken, you know, I don't have to think he's taken seven sacks and thrown seven picks in three games against them. I do also think that the just jets defense is pretty decent at getting at the quarterback. So you're talking two defenses here that are fairly under, you know, underpriced and could get at the quarterback. Nobody wants to pay up a defense. Do not pay up a defense. Um, you're, you're cutting salary at skill positions and we don't want to do that. Uh, so I do think attacking this Patriots Jets game, no matter which side of the ball you go, is is good in both ways. Um, I do lean Patriots a little bit. I think Bill Belichick should have you know a game plan ready to pounce on these Jets, uh, you know, as we had in Week Eleven. So Dan, you got any defenses maybe that you like? 
Yeah, I'll just highlight the Pittsburgh Steelers DST. Uh, they are 2,200. That's pretty much at the very bottom there. And, yes, they are playing the Bengals, a team that I'm interested in this week. But I don't think that that necessarily matters. You know, Joe Burrow gets sacked. Uh, you know, at, at, at one of the highest rates in the NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers are often bringing the pressure. I mean, these two teams faced off in week one and Pittsburgh's DST put up 26 DK fantasy points that week. And that was on the back of seven sacks and four interceptions. I don't know if you remember that game, Nate. Uh, it was where oh, Joe do. Burrow was just throwing pick after pick. Well, you know, obviously we know that the the success can be there. They expect a couple of sacks, maybe a turnover or two. Uh, and, and again, they're all the way down there at the bottom. You're never going to find a qualm with me when you're picking a DST that's, uh, you know, bottom one, bottom two, bottom three. You know, when all else fails, you know, it, it, it's you didn't spend up. So it doesn't matter. If it doesn't pan out, no big deal. You still put yourself in a position to maximize the, your, your dollar amounts in your other positions. So, uh, but this week we get the, uh, the Steelers down there at 2.2. I mean, it feels like a lock for me at the, in most of my builds. Yeah, there's absolutely not a chance I'm going to hit on that. I did see Nate's question asking about Jamal Williams. Um, so when you go to the Detroit Lions running back situation, it's honestly just kind of fucking sad right now because DeAndre Swift hasn't done really anything since he's been back. And at the same time, uh, Jamal Williams hasn't done shit. It's because you're seeing basically a 30-30-30, a or you're really seeing like a 40-40-20 workload with these Lions running backs, and it's fucking not appetizing for fantasy at all. Jamal Williams, uh, his last three games, 11.9, 10.1, and 22.6 fantasy points. Um, there's no way that you can bet on any of these guys. You, you've probably got somebody better that you can start, Nate, um, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, I just, I just don't see how you can lie and rely on Jamal Williams right now. The only upside right now to Jamal Williams is that he's getting the goal line work and with the lions offense, you don't know how much of that you're going to get anyway. Yeah. I'm trying to find ownership for those lions running backs, but they're both must be pretty far down here. Uh, I just, sub five, I just sub 5% for both of them. Yeah. You're completely just playing dice at that point and um, really just gambling on nothing because there's been no proof of anything that we can look to to think will be good. Yeah, Swift, Swift is coming in at 1% projected ownership. I mean... No, yeah. I can't do it. There's not a chance yeah. I'll do it. Not yeah, at this I price mean, tag. Yeah, I feel that. And even if Nate's talking season-long fantasy football, You've still got to, there's still got to be somebody out there better than Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift um, on your team. Maybe not on your team as far as DeAndre Swift, but um, Nate and I have talked a lot and I know a lot of his rosters and I think he has better options, if it's my opinion. Even talking about guys like Christian Watson that I know he has and things like that. So it's getting late in the year and it's time to gamble on these rookies. Yeah. Uh, Foster Moreau is definitely a guy worth keeping an eye on. Uh, you know, with with the guys on IR, Waller and Renfro, outside of that, uh, Devontae Adams in the past game, there's really not much. Um, Moreau's been a guy who's been there. He's got got the chemistry with Carr. So definitely a guy that we'll be keeping an eye on as the rest of the season unfolds there. And so uh, I do like how, Moreau. How wild is it that Josh Jacobs has come out of this Raiders offseason as the guy that shines over De Devontae Adams paired with Derek Carr and, like, what a what a fucking wild year, dude! Yeah, the Raiders have been pretty fucking trash. I hated Josh years. Jacobs a year ago. <laughs> I completely backed down. I was wrong as fuck. Uh, all right, Nate. I want to encourage everybody to check out Fantasy Points. Yeah. Uh, so with Fantasy Points, you have access to the newest and best websites in the industry for your season-long daily fantasy and NFL betting needs. Access to articles, live streams, podcasts, cheat sheets, community chat, online tools, and so much more available at your fingertips. It's the only subscription that you will need this fantasy football season. Sign up for Fantasy Points premium content using promo code SUNS22 and you can get 10% off at FantasyPoints.com. Go check it out because if you ride with Fantasy Points, you'll score more in 2022 and far beyond yeah come on love that man a hey, big shout out to canva 
again, we couldn't be happier to be partnered up with them. Uh, it's been instrumental in our success here. Uh, please make sure you are subscribe subscribe to the SOD YouTube sure. page. Click the bell so that you never miss a show with us. Big thank you to the Fantasy Points Media Group and our guy brother Matt behind the scenes with us tonight. As per usual, follow him on Twitter at dy underscore a nasty dude. Big big hat tip to brother Matt man. He's uh, putting in the work behind the scenes each and every week, getting us extra crispy for you guys each and every Friday night. So. Can't say thank you enough to Brother Matt. Make sure you check out ViridianGlobal.com for all your Sons of Dynasty and SODFS gear that you can have. Uh, you know, we're heading into the holiday season. Christmas just around the corner. Uh, get yourself some SOD gear uh, for the new year as we continue this season. And we'll be riding on into the playoffs. You know, we got a Thanksgiving Day slate coming up here. Uh, you know, we'll get a little bit of excited about that. And then coming off of that Thanksgiving day, we're going to be back in the booth on a Friday night talking the main slate there for that weekend. So big looking forward to uh, the holiday season here with SODFS. Hey, Nate, we appreciate you tuning in very much, bro. Um, so good to have you here, Dan. Um, it's so good to be back. Brother Matt, thank you so much for all the work you do. I know that you have a very, very busy life outside of this, as do all of us. And um, we appreciate your effort as to putting the show forward. Uh, I just want to thank, you know, the rest of the SOD team, as you mentioned, um, BZ, um, Devin, Coach Craig. We love all you guys. This is a group effort all the way around. So thank everybody that tuned in and um, hit us up on Twitter this weekend. Hopefully we can win a shitload of money. Yeah, man, let's do it. On behalf of SODFS, he is Nate. I am Dan. Much love to everybody out there.